Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. How to bring down the kingdom of darkness. So please, please, please do not leave tonight until we are completely done because I believe tonight God wants to deliver. I believe tonight God wants to set somebody free. I believe tonight God wants to break somebody out of bondage. Here is the reality is that most Christians do not understand that we are in a supernatural war. There is a supernatural war that is happening right now all around you, whether you like it or not. And when you got saved, the Bible says that you've been transferred from darkness unto light you've gone from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light and let me explain that if you don't begin to get trained if you don't begin to get equipped and acknowledge the spiritual battle that you're in you will either be a casualty or you will be a pow there is no in between you will either be a casualty of war i want you to ask yourselves how many casualties do we know how many people do we know that we're in revival that we're on fire that we're in the move of god and then some type of bondage some type of demo- some type of demonic power some type of spirit came and snatched them out of the revival and snatched them out of the church and they became a casualty in the army of God see in every battle there are casualties but I believe that God is training us up so that we could prevent the casualties that are happening right now in the spiritual realm I don't know about you but I don't want my marriage to be a casualty of spiritual war I don't want my children to be a casualty of spiritual war I don't want my neighbors and my community and my church to be a casualty of spiritual war this is why I have to realize I have to pray and say Lord open up my eyes God prepare me for the supernatural battle that is happening all around us we need to be prepared and equipped for the war if we're not a casualty and we're not equipped and we're not trained and we're not battle ready with the seven weapons of the spirit and the armor of the Holy Spirit the Ephesians 6 armor of God then we will either be a casualty or prisoner of war there's many people right now that are prisoners of war that are in bondage that are in slavery and friend if we don't begin to to rise up as the body of Christ who is going to rise up if we don't begin to get serious about the things of God who is going to get serious we need to get to a place in our lives and in our ministries where we are trained and we are equipped to wrestle with demonic powers and not just wrestle with them but begin to overcome them there's no greater message than people that say now that I've been trained I'm starting to cast out demons and it's like the disciples when Jesus gave them power over the demonic realm they came back and said Jesus you're not going to believe this even the demons obey us and are subject to our power friend you don't have to live your life subject to powers that Jesus defeated on the cross you don't have to live your life bound to the same demonic spirits and the same demonic powers that the people at work and the people at school live under there is freedom and and tonight I speak over you that every shackle and every chain is going to be broken I speak over every prisoner of war tonight that the enemy has dragged off and tonight I'm going to talk to you about setting setting the captives free and plundering the strong man's house because the enemy has robbed and captured people and God has anointed you and God has called you to set them free let me tell you that the anointing is not so that you can sit in church week after week stuck to a pew and never engaging in the battle the anointing is not so that we can preach good messages 
messages, three points in a poem about nothing, and nobody get delivered, healed, or changed. The anointing is not so that we can sing three fast songs and two slow songs, a five-minute offering, a 25-minute message, and a three-minute altar call and worship the, the Jesus of the American church. The anointing breaks the yoke of bondage, the bondage, the chains, and the shackles. Yes, someone just said it right now. The anointing breaks the yoke that the enemy has put on you. The anointing of God is what breaks the yoke. People often say, man, I got delivered as you are preaching. That's because God has anointed me. And as I preach, the yoke of bondage is being broken. Jesus said that I've been anointed to set captives free. I'm not talking about going to the local prison or jail and setting people free. I'm talking about spiritually. Jesus said, I've been anointed to proclaim liberty and freedom to the spiritual captives. Jesus was anointed for deliverance and for breakthrough. You have been anointed to destroy the works of darkness and to assault the kingdom of hell. We don't have to wait around for the kingdom of darkness to keep attacking us. We've been anointed to go and attack the kingdom of darkness. We are not called to be on the offense. We are called to be on the defense. In fact, in fact Paul said in 2 Timothy, now some of you say, Isaiah, what is up with all this preaching of soldiers and warfare? And do we need to keep preaching on this and talking about this? Now, the reason why you think that way is because you don't know who you are or what you are. You have been taught that you are, an, I'm going after religion tonight, you are an average Sunday morning powerless dead Christian that doesn't have the authority or the power to win the wrestling match that the enemy that God says we are in with demonic powers and so you've been taught that you don't have power and you don't have authority and so it's abnormal for you when you hear about me preaching on spiritual warfare it's abnormal when you saw me post saying we're going to expose the kingdom of darkness you didn't even know that darkness had a kingdom because we are not taught that we're called to break the powers of darkness in the unseen realm yeah, what you have to understand that Paul's on his deathbed. He's writing his spiritual son, Timothy. And Paul says, Timothy, I want you. Come on, everybody share this tonight. Share, share, share. He goes, Timothy, I want you to understand something that you are not some dead Christian. In fact, let me prove this to you. Paul said, soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs, in the affairs of civilian life because if they get tied up in civilian life, they cannot please the officer that enlisted them. So Paul describes the believer in his last moment some scholars say his most important letter he's ever written. Paul says, you are a soldier. If you don't understand that you are a soldier, come on, we just broke 700. Let's keep sharing. If you don't understand that you are a soldier, then you will live your life saying, well, I don't think we need to preach on this. And I don't think we need to be trained for this. And I don't think we need to talk about this. There's no soldier or general that has ever said we're talking about warfare too much or strategy too much. The only way that you can overcome an enemy is by knowing his plans and his strategies. Understand that this is for everybody. Some of you are in the chat right now and I'm just warming you up and you say, this isn't for me tonight. I'm not into spiritual warfare. See, because you don't believe that you're a soldier, but understand every believer is a soldier and the definition definition of a soldier is somebody that is a part of an army. You don't get to choose whether you want to be in the army or not. Army or not. Remember, you did not get drafted into this army. 
and you did not get forced in this army you enlisted when you came to that altar at whatever church you were at and said Jesus I give you my heart I want to serve you and you invited Jesus to build a tree store tree house in your heart you have to understand that you are automatically the Bible says you are translated from the kingdom of darkness the kingdom into the kingdom of light so now you have a mortal enemy called the devil and you're now fighting him because you've been enlisted in the opposite army than you once were when you weren't on God's side I need you to hear me are you hearing me tonight when you were not on God's side you were on the enemy's side you were an enemy of God the Bible says you are a rebel you were in complete rebellion to the yes we're gonna talk about witchcraft later you were in complete rebellion to the things of God and when you became a Christian you were enlisted in the army of God and when a wall on the army of the enemy you were once an enemy but the Bible says that now you are an enemy of the devil people people preach that there is no opposition against the believer are ignorant to what the Bible says there is no army in history that has ever not had opposition, opposition. to say, to say that, that there will be, be no opposition, opposition is, is a lie from, from the, the kingdom, kingdom of darkness, of darkness. Do, do not, not let, let the devil lie, lie to you and, and tell you that, that there, there will be, be no opposition if you are fighting a battle there is constant and total opposition against you if you are in the will of God if you're not in the army of God and if you're not a true believer of course there is no opposition some of, Some of you wonder, wonder why there's, why there's no, no opposition, opposition in your life, life because, because the, the devil, devil does, does not attack, attack those, those that, that he owns. Own. The devil does not, I'm sorry about the echo, I just fixed it, praise the Lord, the devil is a liar. The devil does not attack those that serve him. The devil does not attack those that he dates. The devil does not attack those that he has deceived. The devil does not attack those that are under his curse and under his power. If you've not been going through attacks, it might be because you're on the enemy's side. It might be because you're working for the kingdom of darkness the spirit of religion will make you think you're in the kingdom of God well meanwhile you'll be fighting against the kingdom of God and working for the devil and not even knowing it understand that when people are in darkness they don't know they're in darkness that's why it's called darkness and a lot of Christians are working for the kingdom of darkness let me say this again a lot of professing Christians are working for the kingdom of darkness and do not even realize it and Paul says if you are a soldier then you're not going to get caught up in the affairs of civilian life the devil does not attack his own army Jesus said that you are either for me or you are against me if you're not for him then you are against him and you are in an army that is at war against the kingdom of God see understand when Paul describes civilian life civilian life was anything you do when you're not enlisted in the war when you're not a soldier the everyday things of life understand that Paul is saying we can't live our lives like everybody else if you are a soldier you're not authorized to live like everybody else because if you live like everybody else you can't please the commanding officer which is Jesus that has enlisted you Paul said you won't be able to, uh, to uh, serve or worship or praise or bring glory or and or uh, um, serve him right the offer that the officer that has enlisted you which is Jesus has enlisted you so Paul says listen if you are a believer you can't 
can't do what everybody else is doing. So many believers in the American church want to blend into what everybody else is doing, want to say what everybody else is saying, watch what everybody else is watching, listen to what everybody else is listening to, yet you can't be a soldier and a civilian at the same time. Paul said, if you're a soldier, do not get tied up. Don't get caught up or ensnared in the culture and the gossip and what everybody else is doing because it's impossible to live status quo and fight the battle at the same time. See, one thing you need to know about soldiers is soldiers are consecrated. We don't preach this anymore in spiritual warfare. Soldiers are set apart for the honor and the glory of God. If you want to be affected in exposing and bringing down the kingdom of darkness. Now, one thing I need to tell you, and the Bible makes very clear, don't be trying to get up there and binding devils while at nighttime you're entertained by devils. Don't be trying to walk up in a deliverance or walk up in an intercessory prayer and start trying to call the devil out when you've been sleeping with him every night. Don't be trying to call those demons out when they've been entertained entertaining you on Netflix. You have to be very careful that you don't get cocky and think you're stronger than you really are. You have to understand that consecration gives you supernatural power. Come on, share this. It gives you supernatural power in the heavenly realm that you have been separated. That is why the demons told Jesus, what do me and you have in common? There is a separating that has to take place if we're going to infiltrate and destroy the kingdom of darkness. You have to get to a place where you say the the world doesn't have anything to offer me and I don't have anything to offer the world. Most preaching in the church today does not cater to soldiers. It caters to civilians. It caters to how good you can make your life now. It caters to how blessed you can be on the earth. But little to no churches are preaching that there is a spiritual battle and that there is spiritual war that is breaking out all around us and God wants us to begin to preach and begin to cater to soldiers, not civilians. I am not a civilian. I say, how do I know if I'm civilian? Because you live like everybody else. There's nothing different about your life and about their life, but we need to begin to soldier up and to be get separated. I don't want to live my life a normal life. I have watched so many people get entangled and brought out of the battlefield because they've let the pleasures of life stop them, stop them from the warfare that God has enlisted them in. Remember, the Bible says that it's the pleasures and the good things of life that prevent us from the kingdom of God and all that God has for us. It is not just drugs. It's not alcohol. It's not bondages. It's the pleasures and the normal things of life. And the fact that I have bills to pay, I have a house to pay. I have a wife, I have a car, I have kids. And it stops us from the battle that God has called us to do. You will never infiltrate. Now I'm giving you this before I talk about where the enemy's headquarters are and before I talk about how to fight him because if you think you're going to step in to this level of spiritual authority and not have holiness you are going to get beat up and spit out this is why the sons of Sceva got beat up they were not prepared for the battle that was set before them we need to be prepared and we need to soldier up this is why Hebrew says to lay aside the sin and the weight which so easily entangles you what is trying to tie you up I want you to think right now what has been tripping me up what has been tying me up what has been trying to tangle me up that God is trying to set me free and trying to deliver me from and the Bible says to lay aside the weight and the things that's trying to bind you and trying to trip you up now oftentimes if you know anything about warfare or anything about soldiers oftentimes you're going to find that soldiers have a hard time coming home and living normal average life it's hard for soldiers that have come out of war specifically intense warfare to live a normal 
normal average life. It's hard for them to live like everybody else, to do what everybody else is doing. It's hard for them to go to the grocery store. Oftentimes you'll hear soldiers say, I just get anxiety when I go to the movie theater. It's too loud. Or I just get anxiety going just to the grocery store. I get anxiety just going to the mall. I get anxiety doing the simple things because soldiers are not able to live normal lives. It's hard for them to be normal and it should be hard for you as a soldier in the army of God to live a normal life. You should, Now, I know this is so counter. You're saying, what in the world is he talking about as I have David killing Goliath here? It should be hard for you to live a normal life. You should struggle. I want you to think about this very closely. You should struggle to find pleasure in the natural realm. You should struggle to find pleasure doing things that everybody else has pleasure in. I remember first getting married and not having desires for normal things. My wife and me, we don't go to the movies and we would say, well, what are we going to do? And you know, there's the concerts aren't exciting that we don't go to the movies and this isn't fun. And the things that in the world were enjoyable or exciting because I was a civilian. Now, come on, give me a one if y'all know what I'm preaching about. Now that I'm saved, I've lost my appetite for civilian life. I've lost my appetite for everything that the world is doing. And I only want to be in prayer. I only want to worship. I only want to fast. I only want to be in revival in the presence of God. I've lost my desire to do the things that the civilians filled their life with because I am a soldier. Understand that you are in a cosmic war between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. And the problem is, if you don't understand that Satan has an organized kingdom that is set out against you, you will live your life confused, saying, I don't know why I'm going through this. I don't know why I'm battling this. I don't know why I can't get ahead. Why do I always feel like I'm being knocked down? Why do I always feel like I'm being assaulted by the kingdom of darkness and it's because we don't teach people how to survive the attacks of the enemy and I don't want to live my life just surviving I want to live on the front lines fighting the kingdom of darkness we teach people just get by it's okay that the enemy has your family captive it's okay that the enemy has your family in bondage just try to survive and get by and I'm not trying to survive or get by come on is there warriors right now in the chat I want to engage in supernatural spiritual warfare and I want to wage war on the kingdom of darkness it is possible and I'm going to give you a lot of verses tonight it is possible to assault the kingdom of darkness it is possible to bind demonic powers it is possible to break demonic strongholds it is possible to assault the kingdom of darkness through prayer through intercession and through binding we don't have to sit our life sit around our whole life and be on the defense but we could be on the offense and we could begin to break the powers of hell today and forevermore remember when Jesus began to cast out demons the Pharisees accused him of being of the devil and of Satan's kingdom and in Matthew 12 25 now the Bible says now when the Pharisees heard that Jesus delivered a man possessed by a blind and mute spirit so here's Jesus driving out demons and the Pharisees see that he's driving out demons and the Bible says that when the Pharisees 
Pharisees begin to see that he was driving out demons, here's what the Pharisees begin to say. And now some of you are going to know exactly what I'm saying, because the moment you begin to drive out demons, all your friends that were Christian, all your family that was Christian, all your coworkers that were Christian begin to say, oh, I don't know if you should be doing that. I don't know if that's of God. I don't know if that's godly. And you let them come in and try to accuse you of being of the devil. Think about how mind blowing this is. I have a acquaintance, was a friend, I would say an acquaintance who literally wrote a book about how Christians are not supposed to do spiritual warfare. There's a lot of pastors that don't believe in spiritual warfare. A lot of you have messaged me and said your pastor told you that if you're going to be a part of their church, that you're not allowed to cast out demons or engage in spiritual warfare. How mind-blowing is this that people are accusing those of driving out demons to being of the devil, yet understand that the Pharisees accused Jesus of being of the devil when he began to drive out demons. Remember, when you begin to drive out demons, the Pharisee and the religious spirit will begin to raise its head and say, well, we don't have to do all that, and you're talking about spiritual warfare too much. The only person that would ever say you're talking about freedom too much, deliverance too much, spiritual warfare too much is a demonic spirit. So if you're thinking that or you're saying that you're being influenced by a demonic spirit that does not want to be exposed. So the Bible says that when they saw Jesus doing it, here's what they said. They said this fellow, which was Jesus, does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. And here's what Jesus said. So here they are accusing Jesus of being of the devil because he's driving out demons and here's Jesus' response to them. Here's his response to them calling him the devil. He said, every kingdom notice what he said there divided against itself is brought to desolation and every city or house divided against itself will not stand if satan is casting out satan he is divided against himself now i want you to stay with me and listen very closely what jesus is about to say in one sentence this changes all your revelation on spiritual warfare how then will satan's kingdom stand so jesus now is giving us because i'm going to start preaching this and sharing some stuff and you're going to say oh my gosh where is that in the Bible I just gave you in Matthew 12 Jesus described Satan's domain or authority or establishment as a kingdom remember Satan is the God lowercase of the world he's the God of the air Satan is is roaming the earth even as we speak which I'm going to get into later where Satan lives and how he functions but understand that Jesus is letting us know that Satan has a kingdom he's going to go on to say and talk about the kingdom of God in the next verse. So here in Matthew 12, he's going to parallel the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness right there in one in one paragraph. He says, if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, Matthew 12, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. He says, but I, if I cast out demons by the spirit of God, but by the way, the only way to get a demon out is by the spirit of God. He says, surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So Jesus says, if I cast out demons by the spirit, Spirit of God, understand that it's one kingdom being destroyed and one kingdom being established. This is what's happening in deliverance. Jesus is showing us right there. I want you to stay very close to what I'm saying here. Jesus is showing us that there are two invisible kingdoms. Right now, there are two invisible kingdoms that are at war against each other right now. Some say, well, the kingdoms are not at war any longer. That's not what Jesus said. The devil hates deliverance so much because it brings out his invisible kingdom 
kingdom in the open for all to see. You don't need faith to believe it. You can see it with your own eyes. The reason why the devil hates deliverance so much is because it brings his invisible kingdom out into the open and it exposes his invisible kingdom. This is why the devil can't stand deliverance. This is why the devil does not want you talking about or sharing about supernatural warfare. Remember, the devil wants to hide his work. I talked about it a couple weeks ago. Everything the devil does is in secret. God is not a God of secret and God is not a God of hiding. Everything the devil does is invisible. It's hiding. It's secretive. But the kingdom of God brings the kingdom of darkness into the light. It brings it into the visible realm and it exposes it. When you're in a deliverance, how many know that when somebody's levitating, someone just told me last week that they were doing a deliverance on a family member and the person's eyes got completely black. How many know that if you have a family member and their eyes get completely black, you don't need faith to know that there's something happening. If you see somebody levitating, you can be an atheist and you'll know, and you see them speaking a demon and coughing a demon out, you'll know as an atheist that there's a kingdom being destroyed. It brings the devil's kingdom into the light. The devil is master at hide and seek. Right now, there's some of you that are listening, that have demonic powers and curses and hexes in your life and you're saying, Isaiah, I want to get freedom and the problem is recognizing that they are there. Most people don't get free very simple is because they don't know they have a demon. The devil is so good at hiding and the moment we begin to pray deliverance prayers, the moment we begin to bind and loosen, which is the biblical way to drive out demons and demons begin to manifest the first question Everybody always asks me, is Isaiah, how did I have a demon for so long and not even know about it? It's because the devil hides in darkness. He doesn't want you to know about his invisible kingdom. Understand that deliverance and spiritual warfare brings out and reveals that the kingdom of God is triumphant over the kingdom of darkness. God has no problem manifesting his kingdom in the open, but the devil has a problem manifesting his kingdom in the open. The kingdom of God's head general is Jesus Christ and the soldiers in God's army and God's kingdom are believers and angels. Now the kingdom of darkness, the head general running the kingdom is Satan and his soldiers are demon powers with varying ranks. So the devil is the head of his army, the head of his kingdom, and there are demonic powers and forces with various ranks, things as principality, as as rulers, as powers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness. These are all ranks, which I'm going to talk a bit about ranks of demons tonight, but these are all ranks in the devil's army. The devil has an amazingly organized, when I say amazing, I mean organized, incredibly organized kingdom that he actually stole when he fell. We're going to talk about the fall tonight from heaven, but when the devil fell from heaven, he took the organizational structure that God had, he stole it from God, and he uses the same structure God has, which God has a structure, by the way, the Bible talks about how Michael's the prince angel the same way we talk about prince demons there's also prince angels these are archangels archaeus which is the word we come from archbishop and archbishop is a bishop over bishops that's why there's archdemons principalities is an archdemon it's a demon that is over demons okay it's a demon in control of demons so the same way that the kingdom of god or any army is established there's no army in the world that does not have rankings the same way we have rankings in god's kingdom and god has established apostles prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the work in the ministry that God has ranked people and there's rankings in spiritual authority. There's also uh, uh, rankings in the kingdom of darkness. Now, Paul in Ephesians 6, 12 is going to give us a description and the function and the location of Satan's kingdom and Satan's headquarters. 
Satan has a headquarters. I'm going to talk about tonight. God's actually showed me the headquarters of Satan years ago in a vision, but I'm going to give you verses because you're like, don't just give me a vision. I'm not just going to give you experience. I'm going to give you verses for where Satan's kingdom is located. You have to know that in the spiritual realm, Satan has a kingdom and Satan has an establishment. Satan has a headquarters. He has a place where he strategizes and he plans on how to destroy your life. Satan has a headquarters and has a kingdom. So now Paul tells us in Ephesians 6, 12, gives us the description and the function of Satan's kingdom headquarters. And he says this, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood merely, he says, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness. Now here's where Paul tells us where the headquarters of Satan are. Most people miss this in the heavenly places. So now we know that there are demonic structures, rankings, and kingdoms, because Jesus already told us Satan has a kingdom, that are in heavenly places. We're going to find out where those heavenly places are soon. Stay with me, okay? I want to give you a Greek translation, a commentary. The man that wrote this commentary and this translation has been studying studied the Greek. He's passed away now for over 50 years, okay? So here's his translation in the Greek for the first part of Ephesians 6. And this is how we translate the first sentence of Ephesians 6 of what I just read. This is how we translate it. For our wrestling match is not against persons with bodies. So this is the translation. When he says our battle is not against flesh and blood, here's the translation from the Greek. We're in a wrestling match, but it's not against people with bodies. It's not against people with flesh and blood. The living Bible literally says that our wrestling match is not against people that have bodies. So Paul is saying that there is a kingdom of darkness. We're in a wrestling match, but we're wrestling with beings. That's a key word you need to understand. We're wrestling with beings that do not have physical bodies, but understand that just because they don't have physical bodies, it doesn't mean that they are not beings. We are wrestling them in the spiritual realm. When you are living your average Christian life, when you're fighting demonic powers, you're literally wrestling demons. If you've ever felt tired after prayer, how many of you have ever been praying? Now, some of you, I totally get it. You say, I prayed for five minutes and I was tired five minutes in. Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. But how many of you have ever, type one, if you've ever been in, let's say, an hour long or a two hour long prayer meeting and you're doing spiritual warfare in prayer and after an hour or two, you're just walking around. I pace when I pray and you're just praying for an hour. But after you're done praying, you're hungry, you're tired, you're exhausted. How many of you have been there? Okay, the reason why you're tired is because during your prayer, you're in a wrestling match with demonic powers and understand these demonic powers are entities. They are people. They are beings or bodies. They're just not physical bodies. The translation says beings without bodies. So they have no bodies, but they're just like people. They have characteristics. They have actions. They have personalities. Okay. One's flying through the chat. So they have no flesh and blood. The Bible says, so this is what the Bible saying. They're not human. They're still persons, but they're not human. This is why when we teach spiritual warfare, we talk about the actions of demons. We talk about the names of demons because demons absolutely have bodies. Now, I want you to say a lot of stuff I'm going to share tonight and I'm sharing. I know we're already 45 minutes in, but a lot, I'm not going to apologize for time. A lot of this stuff you've never heard before, but like I said, I'm giving you verses. We're going to walk through the Bible step by step and reveal how these demons have actions, how these demons have personalities. Demons, if you've ever done deliverance, demons have personalities. Demons get mad. They get sad. They cry. They laugh. They have emotions. I can remember time and time again of casting a demon out and the demons crying as it has to leave the person. I had one demon, literally the saddest cry I've ever heard. It was saying, please don't make me leave. I've been here for 20 years. I'm in love with her. Now, listen, I felt bad 
for a second for the demon because it legitimately was crying because demons do have emotion. But then about one minute later, I cast it out back into the pit, okay? So understand that demons do have emotions. They are like humans, the Bible says, but without flesh and blood. So we're wrestling against beings that have no flesh and have no blood that are living in the spiritual realm. Demons fall in love. They genuinely do fall in love. They do get sad. They do have emotion. There is a such thing as spiritual husbands and spiritual spouses, okay? So he says you're fighting a kingdom so we know we're fighting a kingdom and the people in the kingdom have no bodies but they are bodies and i mean they are beings okay then he says rulers of authority now here's the greek translation i'm going to give you because i've preached ephesians 6 100 times i'm giving you a different look at it okay rulers of authority the greek translation is this against rulers with various and descending orders of authority this is describing when he talks about rulers of authority paul is describing how complex and how organized the kingdom of hell really is. Okay, many of you, you go to churches where they say, oh, we don't, the devil has no power and the devil's weak and the devil's dumb and the devil's defeated. And we just sit there and everybody talks about how weak and defeated the devil is. Meanwhile, the devil runs America. The devil runs countries. The devil is incredibly organized and it is a lie from Satan to think. Now the devil wants you to think he's not organized, okay? The devil wants you to think he's weak. He wants you to think that he doesn't strategize. He wants you to think that he doesn't have a kingdom in fact the devil's greatest strategy can y'all hear me now i'm shouting my veins out here my voice gone the devil's greatest strategy is for you to not know he's real i had one person say if the devil's as real as you say why wouldn't he just get on during halftime show at the super bowl and show everybody how real he was that's the last thing the devil wants to do if the devil showed you how real he was guess what would happen you'd actually get off your lazy tail and try to fight him so the bible says in ephesians 6 that there are rulers of authority this is in the Greek, literally descending and ascending authority. It's describing what Paul is describing as Satan's kingdom. This is in your Bible, Satan's kingdom and how Satan's kingdom is organized. Okay. This is demons. Now, when he talks about demons like principalities, these are various levels of influence and authority. In other words, what you need to understand that there are demons that are assigned to nations, states, cities, religions, ethnic groups, cultures, races. They all have different demons assigned to them. If you look at different cultures, you'll notice that every culture struggles with something different because that is the demon that has been assigned to that culture. Why it seems why certain cultures have certain struggles. Now I'm going to talk about later strongholds over regions, but what I mean, strong men over regions. But what you need to understand is that every ethnicity, every religion, every area of society, every city, every town, every state, every nation has a specific demon with a specific level of authority over it that is controlling it. This is what Paul is saying when he says that there are rulers of darkness, principalities, rulers over regions. And don't stress out. I'm going to give you more verses and I'm going to show you more facts that demons rule over regions. And the reason why certain communities have drug addiction, certain communities have this, certain communities have that, certain communities have alcoholism, certain communities have, you know, high meth rate or whatever is because that's a demon over the region. Now, let's take it even a step further. If you've ever wondered why certain races, whether it's Hispanic, whether it's Italian, which I'm Hispanic and Italian, whether it's African-American, whether it's Caucasian, whatever the ethnicity or the people group is, have you noticed, type one in the chat if you noticed it, that every ethnicity has their own struggle. Now, not just struggles like um, this or that or this or that. I'm not going to get into too many, okay, because I don't want to get all offending anybody. But what you have to understand is that's because that is the demon that has been assigned 
to that ethnicity or to that race. Demons are assigned. Now, demons are not just assigned to ethnicity or races, but also demons of sickness. So for instance, I'm Hispanic. What do they say? Well, Hispanics, we have high blood pressure. Hispanics have diabetes. We have all these things people say are common if you're Hispanic. It's not because we eat greasy food. Come on, somebody. A lot of cultures eat greasy food. Come on, where are the enchiladas at in the chat? It's not because we eat greasy food. It's because there's been a demon of diabetes, a demon of high blood pressure that has been assigned to the to the Hispanic people group, okay? This is what you have to understand that demons are over races, ethnicities, cultures. Demons are also over, like I said, cities and territories. Every false religion or occult power has a specific demon that has been assigned over it. So if you look at Mormonism, there's a specific spirit. If you look at Catholicism, it's a specific spirit. If you look at Jehovah Witness, there is a spirit that is assigned to that organization. The devil can only be in one place at one time. So the devil is assigning demons with levels of rulership or authority. This is all in Ephesians chapter six, levels of rulership or authority over organization. Okay. A lot of times cultures, places, community cities never break free because they don't understand how to fight because they don't understand that there are various ranks of demonic powers. Understand the reason now we cannot give Satan any credit for how organized and how strategic his kingdom is because you have to understand Satan's kingdom is only organized because he was cast out of heaven and he had a an organizational kingdom in heaven. When Satan was cast down, according to Isaiah 14, now we're in Isaiah 14, when Satan was cast out of heaven, there was five, we're going to go through these quick, there was five times where God, through the prophet Isaiah, revealed Satan had pride in his heart and Satan had an I will. Five I wills. Remember, pride always starts with I. Satan's fall started with I. My Nina, who's in the chat watching tonight, would always tell me when I first started in the ministry, God was growing the ministry like he is now promoting. God was moving. We're getting invited to speak all over. He'd always say, Isaiah, when you talk, say I. I mean, don't say I, say we. When you say this happened, say we did this. When you say this happened, say God. Don't ever say I did this. I healed the person. I went here. I grew the ministry. People came to hear me talk. He says, don't start with I, because remember in Isaiah 14, when the Bible describes why Satan was cast down from heaven, there was five eyes. It shows Satan had will. They were, I will, I will do this. I will do that. Which means Satan's will was recognized in his fall. Pride always starts. I hope somebody's taking notes tonight. Pride always starts with your will violating God's will, your will rebelling against God's will. Understand that the devil wants your will to violate the will of God. The demonic kingdom is fueled by pride. If the enemy can get you, if the enemy can get you prideful, he's able to freely build demonic strongholds in your life. James says that God literally resists the proud, that pride is the root of all evil. Pride gives the devil legal permits to build in your life. And some of you men in the chat are saying amen. And some of you ladies in the chat are saying amen. Oftentimes when um, women come to me for prayer at our services at the altar, it's always, would you pray for my husband? And God immediately shows me there's a strong man of pride in his life. Pride and arrogance and ego will get God to resist you. If you have pride, it's time to break the pride. How do I know if I have pride? Because tonight as I'm preaching, you're saying, oh, that's not for me. I don't need that. Pride will try to get you to follow another spirit. Pride will tell you that you know more than God, that your way is greater than God's way. Do not allow pride to come in. Now, when Satan got cast down, he took the organizational strategy 
organizational strategy from God, the way God assigned the angels and the ranks, he stole it from God and he established with one third of the angels, demonic ranks, stole the organizational from God. So don't say there, oh man, the devil, we're not giving him no credit. He's a thief. He comes to steal, kill and destroy. And the only reason why he's organized is because God is organized. That's why the enemy's organized. Okay. There was five I wills. I'm going to go through these very quick. And this is going to show us how Satan lost the kingdom he had and why he built a kingdom on the earth. His first I will in Isaiah 14 was I will ascend into heaven. In other words, he wanted to ascend to be in the position of God. When the Bible says the heaven, it's talking about the throne of God. We're going to talk about different heavens in a little bit here and the headquarters of Satan in the second heaven. But what you need to understand is that Satan wanted to ascend into the position of God. His first mistake is he wanted to take God's place. To this day, the enemy is still trying to take God's place in your life. He wants you to praise him. He wants you to worship him. He wants you to serve him. He wants you to pledge your allegiance to him for the first I will was I will ascend into the heaven. The next I will was I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. In other words, let me give it to you quick because I'm not preaching a whole message on this. Satan wanted authority over all the other angels. Most people believe, and we're going to find all throughout the Bible, that Michael and Gabriel were archangels in control or, or ahead of other angels. Many people believe that Satan was also an archangel. Him, Michael, and uh, Gabriel all had one-third of the angels. That is why many people believe when he was cast down from heaven, he took one-third of the angels with him because those were the angels that were under his control, under his governing, because remember, the Bible says Michael is a prince angel, a leading angel. So Satan wanted complete authority. When the Bible says he wanted to ascend above the stars, in the Bible, angels and stars are a synonymous term. Stars represent angels in the Bible, and so Satan wanted complete control over all the angels, not just one third of the angels he didn't he couldn't control the angels so now he wants to control you he wants to manipulate you he wants to make decisions for you okay the third i will was i will sit upon the mount of congregation from the sides of the north he said i want to rule from the north this literally means he wanted to rule the presence of god psalms 48 talks about the millennial reign of christ where he rules the earth from the north anytime you see him ruling from the north that is where god rules the devil wants to take control the the devil, as I said a couple weeks ago, is a control freak. And in his kingdom, he wants complete control and he wants complete authority over you. But I'm telling you tonight, we are going to break his control. Come on, we're at 900 viewers. Let's get to a thousand. Everybody share. We're going to break his control. Okay. The fourth thing the devil did, we're going quick because I got a lot more to cover, is he said, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. What in the world is he talking about? A hundred out of 150 uses of the word cloud in the King James are speaking of the divine glory of God. A hundred out of 150 times we see the cloud in the Bible, we're going to see that it means the divine glory of God. So Satan said, I want to go above the heights of the clouds. In other words, I want glory for myself that surpasses the glory of God. Now, Paul is going to reveal to us Satan's ultimate desire was in 2 Thessalonians 2, 4, that he will exalt himself and he will defy everything that people call God and every object of worship and Satan, he will even sit in the temple of God claiming to be God himself. So Satan is ultimately seeking glory and honor and praise for his kingdom. He is looking for your life to glorify him. He's 
He's looking for your life to bring him honor. Every time we compromise and do things that violate the word of God and the will of God, we are glorifying the enemy. We are glorifying Satan. We are glorifying the kingdom of darkness. And there is one thing I don't want to do. I gave glory to the enemy for 19 years and I refuse to give him another minute of glory in my life. I refuse to give him another moment of my time, of my energy. Come on, somebody help me preach tonight of my praise. I refuse to give the devil honor, glory, or praise. Understand that pride wants to be praised. This is why we need to make sure that we don't take any glory and we continue to give God all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. There's not a live stream that I have not done since we started live streaming in January where at the end of my live stream, I look at all the viewers, all the comments, all the posts, and I say, God, I give you all the honor. I give you all the glory, and I give you all the praise. Why do I do it every live stream? because I don't want to let any room there be any room for pride or any room for arrogance in my life last thing he said is I will be like the most high God these were the five things that got him kicked out now Al 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 Yom is the name for God meaning the most high God that's the name for God meaning the most high in Genesis 14 it describes the most high God as I need you to stay with me because this is very important it describes the most high God as the possessor of heaven and the earth so God being the possessor of heaven not the not the second heaven where Satan rules but of heaven and the earth and when he said I will be like the most high God he was saying I want to be the owner or the possessor of heaven and earth Matthew 28 Jesus said all power has been given to me in heaven and in the earth satan is longing for the power that only god has he's longing to control the earth and all of the heavenly realms he is seeking complete dominion and domination guys you got to understand something that this is about a global takeover the spiritual warfare we're preaching on tonight is about a spiritual global takeover the enemy is not content with just controlling your life he wants to completely control everything about you so here Paul is describing we're still in Ephesians 6 the different descriptions of Satan's kingdom okay we're going to continue with the Greek translation let me catch you up okay this is what it says in Greek for our wrestling match is not against people or persons with bodies but against rulers with various areas of an order of descending authority and against the world dominant of the present darkness the devil is seeking to dominate you how do I know if something is demonic because God does not dominate people God gives people free will but the devil seeks to dominate the world the word dominate means to exercise complete control over someone or something else and Satan's desire is to dominate your life there's only two kingdoms the problem with the world is that they're in darkness because Satan's kingdom is the kingdom of darkness they don't know that they are in the kingdom of darkness remember there's only two kingdoms there's the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness Jesus says that you're either for me or you are against me so Jesus reveals that there is only two kingdoms light and dark when you're in the kingdom of darkness you don't know it how many people know that when you got saved you realize that you were in the kingdom of darkness for so long and you're just glad to be out of the kingdom of darkness there's no one in the kingdom of light there's no one that's accidentally Christian now there's millions of people that don't know that they're slaves to the kingdom of darkness and that they're in the devil's kingdom but there's no Christians that don't know that they're in the kingdom of light every single Christian knows that they're a Christian and they're in the kingdom of light because you have to understand that the kingdom of light is in the open there's no darkness in the kingdom of God okay 
Let's finish Ephesians 6 so that we can get into where Satan's headquarters, headquarters are located. Lastly, he says, against spiritual hosts of wickedness and heavenly places. The world host is an old English word for army. So we know that there is an army. What Paul is saying, there is an army of satanic beings, bodies, that have no bot, no flesh and blood, so their bodies without a body, a human body, who are at war against the kingdom of God. And God has called you. I need to say this clear. God has called you and anointed you to fight the kingdom of darkness. God has already overcome the kingdom of darkness, but you have not. You are at war. The Bible says that there is an adversary of our soul. There is an enemy of the believer. Now, some of you are in the chat saying, well, Jesus already won the battle. The battle is over. Jesus said, I'm finished, not you're finished. The disciples continually, understand, the disciples continually in the book of Acts cast out demons because they understood supernatural warfare and the supernatural power of God. They were continually driving out demons. They knew that there was an invisible war going on and the war did not stop and the war did not end just because pastors say, well, Jesus already went to the cross. There is no war. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 that there is still a war going on. Now, most people think that Satan's headquarters are in hell. Let me make something very clear. Satan Satan headquarters are not in hell why is it important we know this because the bible says that we need to know his strategies hello vlad welcome bro because the bible says we need to know satan's strategies so that he would not have an advantage over us i don't know about you but i don't need the devil having an advantage over me i don't need the enemy having a strategy against me see most believers think that the devil's headquarters are in hell yet there's nowhere in the bible that says that the devil's headquarters are in hell there's nowhere in the bible where it says the devil rules from hell hell is a place of confinement for wicked people the devil is not ruling from hell hell is now i need you to write this down hell is satan's destination and final sentence not his home and not his headquarters let me say that again hell is satan's destination and final sentence not Satan's headquarters. The devil is not ruling from hell. Satan, the Bible makes clear, is at large in the earth. He is roaming the earth. His headquarters are not on earth, but the devil is roaming the earth even now. Paul made it clear in Ephesians 6 that the kingdom of darkness is set up in the heavenly. So where's the kingdom of darkness? Where is it established? It's established in the heavenlies. Now, believers don't understand this because most believers don't realize that there are multiple heavens. We need to understand according to the scripture that there is more than one heaven in Genesis 1. What is the first couple words of the Bible? In the beginning, God created what? Type it out. The heavens and the earth. Did God create the heaven in the beginning? No. The Bible says he created the heavens, plural, and the earth. Heavens was plural and earth was singular because God created heavens more than one heaven so there's multiple heavens and there's one earth second corinthians 12 2 i'm gonna keep giving you verses for this paul says that i know a man in christ who 14 years ago whether in the body or not i don't know whether out of the body i don't know but he says this man was caught up to the third heaven and paul goes on to say that he was caught up in paradise and he heard he heard words that are not lawful for a man to, to utter here's paul saying that he knew a man that was caught up in the third heaven and that is paradise, the dwelling place of God. So the third heaven, which we're not gonna talk about tonight, 
is the dwelling place of God. This is where God dwells. There's never been, how many know there's never in history been a third of something if there's not a first or a second of heaven. So I believe, now I'm, I could go into another hour on this. I'm not going to. I believe that the first heaven is the known universe. So it's the earth, it's the star, it's the moon, it's the sky. The second heaven is the realm which Satan's headquarters dwell. And I'm going to give you more proof of that in scripture here and then the third heaven is the dwelling place of God so there's three layers we have where we live is the first heaven the second heaven the God of the sky lowercase God the devil dwells in the second heaven and above him is the heavens where Jesus is in the tabernacle praying and God is dwelling so those are the three heavens okay the dwelling place of God now some of you have heard this story before about I don't know it was probably nine years ago I'd first gotten saved I was about saved for maybe eight or nine months I'm in a prayer meeting and I'm pacing back and forth. I'll never forget this in my living room praying. Mind you, at this time, I did not know that there was a second heaven. I did not know that there was a third heaven. I had no clue about the different dimensions and different realms of heaven. I didn't know that Satan had a headquarters. I didn't know where Satan dwelt from. I didn't know about principalities, powers, none of that. I'm in prayer. And as I'm in prayer, guys, the honest, you got truth. I, you guys know me that follow me. I never say, oh, I had a vision. Oh, I was in a trance. None of that as during the prayer meeting now when paul says there was a man that went to the third heaven and he doesn't know whether he was in his body or not i know what paul is saying because i've had trances and trances are biblical where i did not know if i was in my body or not in this certain situation i immediately during prayer was taken into another dimension okay i didn't know if i was in my body i didn't know if i was in my spirit uh eventually i would wake up on the ground on my back so i don't know how i got from my standing to my back but somehow i ended up laying flat on my back there was many other people in this prayer meeting in the prayer meeting as i'm praying i get taken to the second heaven and i see the most grotesque and disgusting demons that anybody has ever seen in their life and they were literally ripping people apart they were torturing people i could probably if i knew how to draw i could probably draw out where some of these demons looked like these were the most foul and disgusting demons i've ever seen in my life and they were throwing people off of cliffs mind you i had no clue about the heavens or anything like that they're throwing people off of cliffs and torturing people I come back to my body. I thought it was a minute, but it was, uh, you know, three seconds had gone by during the, I'm, I'm sorry, 30 minutes had gone by. I thought it was three seconds. It was about 30 minutes that I was on the ground, according to other people in the room, in this trance, in this vision. Immediately I get taken out of the vision. I'm in my body and God says, Isaiah, this is what the word of the Lord was to me. Isaiah, what you saw, and I get chills even talking about it now. He said, Isaiah, what you saw was the second heaven where the spiritual battle takes place. You need to know about this if you're going to fight effectively. So before I read about it, studied it, or knew a scriptural, the Lord told me, the Holy Spirit, who the Bible says is the one that disciples you and is the leader of truth. So remember, the Holy Spirit's the one discipling this. The Holy Spirit said, that's the second heaven. But reason why I'm giving you all these verses is because, come on, share this. We can't just go off experience. We have to go off of scriptures, which is why I'm giving you all these verses. Paul said in Ephesians 4.10 that he who descended into hell, remember this was Jesus, also was the one who ascended far above all the heavens, plural, that he might fill all things. So Paul again says Jesus ascended above what? all the heavens how did jesus ascend above all the heavens if there's only one heaven there was multiple heavens he ascended above so now satan's kingdom is between us and the kingdom of heaven this is why i'm going to give you a, a a story for this this is why so many times it's hard to break through in prayer have you under ever wondered why in prayer it's hard it feels like sometimes your prayers aren't being heard or it's hard to break through because understand your prayers have to break through the second heaven 
Now, oftentimes, our prayers have to penetrate the kingdom of darkness, but also the kingdom of darkness or the second heaven is oftentimes responsible for hindering our prayers. So when we pray, our prayers go up. They have to penetrate where devil's headquarters are, second heaven. They have to penetrate the second heaven to get to the third heaven to be answered. And when our prayers are answered, our prayers have to come back down through the second heaven to be able to get to us. That does not sound scriptural, Isaiah. I'm so glad that you asked. I'm so glad you said, how do we know this is true? Where is this in the Bible? I'm so glad you guys are curious. This is all found in Daniel 10. In Daniel 10, one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible is when Daniel is fasting on the 21st day of Daniel's fast. The Bible says, and the angel Gabriel appeared and said, Daniel, do not fear from the first day that you set your heart to understand and you humbled yourself and begin to pray before the Lord. Your words were heard and I've come because of your words. Now listen to what the Gabriel, this is Gabriel the angel in Daniel 10 talking. He says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which was a demon, withstood me 21 days and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes. So there we have again, now Michael's a chief prince, a chief angel came to help me for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Okay, there's a lot he just said. Here's the translation of what the angel said. From the day you begin to pray, we heard your prayer and we sent the answer to your prayer. But here's what you need to understand, Daniel. It took me three weeks to get through the second heaven to get through you because somewhere, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. This is good preaching. Share this. Somewhere between the throne of God and you, Daniel, what, what is he saying? Somewhere between the, the throne and you, there's something in the middle. I feel the Holy Ghost, something in the middle that was stopping me. This is the angel, the archangel of the Lord that was stopping me from getting to you. I was opposed by satanic angels and I had to fight my way to get to you. So is it biblical to say prayers get hindered and prayers get hindered coming down? Yes. Daniel 10, Daniel's prayer was hindered because there was something, come on, is this good? Somebody give me one. There was something blocking him from getting his prayers answered. Understand that our prayers release angels that fight the kingdom of darkness. Isaiah, how do we dismantle powers and principalities and prayers? We don't just pray against them. We pray the will of God and the will of God dispatches angels to begin to fight on our behalf. So the angel said, I was fighting the prince, which was the demon over all the kings. Because remember, he said, I was stuck there with the prince and the kings of Persia. So this was the head demon and the demons under him. Now, we all we don't realize that the prince in the Bible, princes were above kings. In our day, we don't really know much about kingdom, so we think that the kings are above the princes. Not back then. Back then, the prince had many kings under him. So here's what the angel said. I was fighting the prince, which was what? The head demon and fighting the kings. These are the many other demons what I talked about earlier that are working under the prince. Now, what you need to understand, this was the demon of Persia. Persia was the most powerful powerful empire on the earth at the time, which had 127 provinces. So there was a principality or a prince demon, understand this, a prince demon, then the kings under him were helping him maintain all of the different provinces. So I bet and I believe there was probably a demon over every single province, 127 provinces in Persia. There was probably a prince over every single province. But here's what he says. I want you to notice this. The moment you begin to pray, your prayer was heard and there was an answer. So here's what you need to understand about God. 
God is not slow, God is not slack, God is not weak, and God is not on dial-up, but sometimes our prayers get stuck battling in the second heaven, and sometimes we get confused and discouraged because we don't understand second heaven warfare. If you understand second heaven warfare, someone said this is a game changer. I feel the same way. If you don't understand second heaven warfare, you'll live your life frustrated on why your prayers are being delayed. Sometimes they're, th these demons are delaying our miracle. Sometimes these demons are delaying the breakthrough in our ministries, in our marriages. But what you need to know is your prayers are not in vain because they are fighting. You need to keep praying until you break through. When you pray, Understand that angels get dispatched and begin to fight the kingdom of darkness for you. When you pray, you don't need to try to go up into the second heaven. Understand that the angels, someone said, my mind is blown. Praise the Lord. The angels begin to fight for you. Psalms 91, 11, for he will command. This is all biblical. I'm giving you too many verses here tonight. He will command his angels to guard you in all your ways. Hebrews 1, 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who inherit salvation? So there we know angels serve us. Psalms 1 and 3, 20, bless the Lord, O his angels, the mighty ones. Oh, I love this verse. The angels the Bible says are the mighty ones who do his word obeying the voice of his word Exodus 23 I'll send an angel to guard you to the place I prepare Acts 5 19 but during the night the angel showed up and broke me out of prison Hebrews 1 7 of the angels he says he makes angels his winds and the angels are ministering flames of fire understand and at the end the angel says at the very end of Daniel 10 Later on, you can go read it for the sake of time. The angel says, and soon the prince of Greece will come and all fight him too. So Persia and Greece are the two most powerful armies at the time. Both of them are being ran by demonic powers. And he says, I'm going to go back up and fight in the second heaven. And there's an, a demon or the prince of Greece that's going to come fight me. So understand that rulers, natural rulers that are not believers are puppets to demonic powers. They're being controlled by demonic powers. Here's what you need to understand about politicians and rulers if they are not a professing Christian they are puppets to demonic powers and Satan thrives and preys on world leaders and controls world leaders later on we're gonna see that Persia the power of Persia was broken and the children of Israel remember Greece and Persia are are destroying the children of Israel keeping them captive those four main places but now the angels are fighting the Prince of Greece and the Prince of Persia, because he said the, the Prince of Greece is coming later. I'm going to have to fight him. Me and Michael are going to have to fight him later. But understand that these were controlling the people of God. The moment that the Prince of Persia got broken through prayer, the people got delivered. So you need to understand that the way that we break and set people free is by using angels and using prayers to break Satan's kingdom, which is in the second heaven and break demonic power. Now, I want to say something that might be controversial because I know there's a lot of people that don't believe in spiritual warfare. Whoever wins the war in the heavenly realms decides the course of history. We do not change history by just voting a new person in, although I think we should vote. We change history by breaking things in the spiritual realm and dismantling enemy kingdoms. Let me tell you how to change the course of history. The way that you change the course of history is by dismantling principles and powers that are controlling people in the unseen realm. This is how we change history. Now, let me go before we close here and talk to you a bit about what Jesus said about binding up the strong man because the strong man 
also functions in the demonic kingdom. I'm going to give you one last thing, and then we're going to get ready to pray here. Matthew 12, and we're an hour and 20 minutes in, and I know you guys are saying, take your time. We have nothing to do. It's Friday night, and we're in quarantine. Just go for it, okay? So I'm just going to go for it here. Matthew 12, 29, he says this, or how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, and then he'll be able to plunder his house? So Jesus here is describing a strong man. This is a cruel leader. This is somebody who has a house that's full of slaves and stolen property he's in complete control and Jesus said if you wanted to go in and set the slaves free and take back what the devil has stolen it would be extremely hard because the entire time someone said let's go three hours okay because the entire time you're trying to set your friends and family free you have to fight off the strong man so Jesus says this if you try to go in without binding the strong man first if you try to see your family saved if you try to do deliverance, if you try to set your city free, if you try to set the people in your ministry free and you don't bind the strong man, you have to understand you'll never do it because you're going to spend your life fighting the cause, fighting depression, fighting anxiety, not understanding there's a spirit strong man that's causing them to be that way. The strong man is what prevents us from seeing our family saved. The strong man is what prevents us from seeing the nation free. The strong man is what holds back our breakthrough and our deliverance. And the problem is we're constantly trying to fight him off to take back what he's stolen from us. You have to understand the devil has stolen from you and is holding people and things captive in his kingdom. Let me say that again. The devil has stolen family members, friends, and things from you. And he's, this is according to Jesus, and he's holding them in his lair, in his house, in his kingdom. And Jesus is saying, how are you going to go up into the kingdom of darkness and bind and fight the strong man if you don't first bind him, okay? So understand that the slaves that the strong man has are friends and family that are not saved. The strong man has slaves in his house. He's a slave master. The devil is a slave master and plunder and slaves are our friends and family. So this is what it's like. So I want you to understand why deliverance and spiritual warfare are so serious because the stakes are not political power. Understand something. We are not fighting for political power. I can't yell any louder. We are not fighting for oil. We are not fighting for money. We are fighting to get our loved ones back from the grip of the strong man. This is why I don't understand how some of you have no passion to fight. You have no desire to fight. What gives you passion? Passion is what fuels a fire. This is what fuels somebody to fight is passion. Get What gives me passion is knowing what's at stake. The reason why I'm passionate is like, why are you so passionate? It's because I have friends and family and a nation that's at stake and I can't afford to be lackluster and to not be passionate. This is how I don't get how some of you have no passion. Passion is what fuels warfare. People's lives are at stake. You will never fight for something that you don't have passion for. You'll never war for something you're not passionate about. This is why if you're in law enforcement or you're into crime documentaries or you're a nerd like me, the most violent crimes are always crimes of passion. Anytime you see a violent crime, it's a crime of passion because you have to understand that when somebody has passion, they fight differently. When somebody is passionate, they war differently. If you are indifferent, you're not going to survive this battle. If you're complacent, you're not going to survive this battle. The kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent take it by force. This is a violent battle and we need to begin to get violent in the spiritual realm. 
and we need to get passionate. So Jesus is saying, listen, don't just try to save your family and friends and plunder the man's house. He says, you have to deal with first the strong man, which is the cause of all of their issues. The issues they're having are because there's a strong man that's in control of their life. So if you try to fight them, you can fight the strong man, but I'm telling you, he's going to win if he's not bound up. So he says, don't just try to barge in the house, barge in the enemy's kingdom and start trying to fight the devil and kick the devil and punch the devil. He says, you need to tie him up, put a gag in his mouth and bind him up. So let me give you three, before we end, quick steps to binding the strong man. Number one, to binding the strong man is you need to identify the strong man. For example, when I'm praying for somebody's marriage, somebody comes up to me, they say, Brother Isaiah, will you please, please pray for my marriage? My marriage is struggling. Uh, my husband wants to leave me. This is happening with my wife. I'm on the verge of divorce. God oftentimes will immediately tell me the strong man in the marriage. If you ever deal with marriage issues, there's always one thing. Either it's lust, either it's pride, either it's lying, either it's a miscommunication, a lack of this. There's always usually, now there's there could be varying things, there could be multiple things, but there's always one major thing, okay? Whatever the major thing is in deliverance, in prayer, in your ministry, strong men are not just demons that are in deliverance. That could be it. But there's always a strong man or somebody in charge. So oftentimes the Lord will say, okay, the strong man is pride. And so when I'm praying, I'm able to target my prayers because I'm not just shooting a miss. Paul says, when I swing, I don't beat the air. I don't swing a miss. I pray with a purpose. When I'm praying, now the Bible makes it clear. The reason why a lot of people don't get their prayers answered is because they pray a miss. That's what the Bible says. So that means you can pray and not hit the target. So the reason why it's important to identify the strong man is because you don't want to pray amiss. You want to target the strong man and you want to bind the strong man up. So in prayer, I'm able to bind the strong man. So that means if your husband has an alcohol issue, he's addicted to alcohol. When you're in prayer, you need to bind the strong man of alcohol, okay? If your husband's adulterous, you need to bind the strong man of adultery. If you're dealing with drug addiction, you need to bind the strong man of addiction. This is how you pray. You need to target and in prayer, you need to begin to bind the strong man over the situation to get breakthrough. Cities have strong men. When I'm traveling and preaching, I've gone into cities and all of a sudden, the Lord will show me that this is the strong man of the city and I'm able to come in and defeat and bind the strong man. Even before I preach, I ask for angels to go out and to bind the strong man and bind the power that's controlling the city. Now, I'm not going up and trying to go up in the second heaven and look at the strong man and bind him. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritual warfare prayers where we're asking the Lord to dispatch angels to bring breakthrough over territories and to break the strong man, okay? So oftentimes, God will show you and identify the strong man in the area, in the deliverance, in the whatever it is, okay? The step number two is you need to bind the strong man. The Bible says that we've been given keys to bind and to loose. So binding and loosing are separate things. You need to bind the strong man. Someone said stalked and murder. Exactly. Some cities have specific strong men that are over them that need to be broken in prayer. Okay, so the Bible says one key is to bind. Step number two is bind the strong man. The term bind literally means to arrest somebody or to tie them up so he says before you try to get your family friend ministry marriage community saved and delivered he goes first do it the right way and bind the strong man because it's the reason why they're bound is because there's somebody controlling them so don't try to just change them first you need to defeat that in the spirit realm so that you're easily able to get back the goods and the treasure that the enemy has stolen okay 
So in deliverance and in prayer, you have the power to bind. I won't go into great detail because I have about 10 hours of other teachings on deliverance and we're not teaching on that tonight, but you have to bind. Now, I know what you're going to ask me and I'm going to answer, okay? And no one, I've never heard anybody talk about this. What do I do and how do I bind if somebody does not want to get set free? If somebody does not want to get delivered? If your husband does not want to get delivered and does not want to get set free, how is it possible to bind something? Come on, are you guys going to ask? I already know. One thing you need to know is you can still bind demons even though the person does not want to get set free or get delivered and it will give you a temporary window for them to be open to the gospel. So let me explain this. If you have a family member, a friend, a neighbor, a husband that you're praying for, that you're praying would receive the gospel and receive the word, you can bind the strong man and they will get temporary relief. Now, some people, you know that they say, hey, pray for me, I'm going through this. And you begin to pray and they feel like, man, I don't feel like drinking anymore, but they still don't want to serve God and get delivered. What happens? They get they get breakthrough for a week or two or a month. And then after a month, they go right back to drinking. Why? Because the strong man was bound, but understand they unbound the strong man by their actions. So the way that somebody can unbind the strong man in their life is by committing sinful actions. That's literally what unbinds the strong man. So if you're binding the strong man over a situation and somebody goes back into that situation, it's going to bring the strong man back. Why do we bind the strong man in the life of unbelievers, family, friends, unsaved kids, unsaved loved ones? What's the point of interceding if we can't deliver, you know, people that don't want it? It's to give us a window of time where they're clear headed so that we can preach the gospel. Now, don't start trying to bind the strong man, okay? If you don't plan to witness to them, don't start trying to bind the strong man if you don't plan to disciple them. Don't start, that's good preaching, brother. Say that louder for the people sitting in the back. Don't try to bind the strong man if you're not willing to step out and to actually minister to these people. If you're going to bind the strong man, get ready to minister to them. The Bible says, for the devil has blinded the mind of unbelievers. So the devil's actually blinding the mind of unbelievers. So you need to pray, bind the strong man, remove the blinders, and they will be open to the gospel, okay? I believe it's possible the night I got saved is because someone was binding the strong man in prayer and the devil lost power over me lost group okay we're gonna end here in a second because i went longer than i wanted to go um then we're gonna pray step three loose the captive and plunder the goods okay some of you've never heard this like what the heck is he talking about loose the captive and plunder the goods there's no point of binding the strong man if you're not going to set the person free from whatever they're dealing with and plundering the goods the Bible says, lay off the sin and the weight that so easily entangles us. And one way to loosen yourself up or to be loosed is to get rid of the things that hold you down. Some of you are bound tonight and God wants to loose you, but you have to understand that you need to get rid of the things that are actually binding you. Sometimes it's movies or a hobby or a relationship or an addiction that are actually binding you and you need to get loosed. But by getting loose, you need to get rid of those things, okay? Some of you are praying, God, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me, but you don't want to change your lifestyle. I've had three or four, I would say, semi-celebrities write me this last week that are from Hollywood and different things. And, you know, they have a very interesting profile and they want to get deliverance, but I don't know if they want to live for God or not. And I know people, Isaiah, deliver me, Isaiah, deliver me, but they don't want to learn to live for God. So there's no point in getting loosed if you're going to bind yourself back up. And that's what the Bible says. Get rid of the things that are causing you to be bound or ensnaring you. So if you want to loose yourself, 
You need to get rid of the things that are in your life that are bounding you, okay? Now, not just loosen or loosen people or set people free or to release them. As Jesus said to the woman that was uh, had a demon, the Pharisees came and said, "How? why would you set her free on the Sabbath? How dare you? And Jesus said, you loose your donkeys, but she's tied up by Satan and you're mad I'm loosening her on the Sabbath. So she was literally tied up bent over but tied up by demonic powers and Jesus said it's only right that she's loose it is only right that you loose your friends and family and your community it's only right that we loose them so you need to loose them and then you need to plunder the goods what are the goods it's taking back what the enemy stole taking back for some of you tonight you need to plunder what he stole for some of you it's happiness for some of you it's peace for some of you it's rest for some of you it's health for some of you it's a healthy marriage for some of you it's a sound mind you need to take back what the enemy stolen jesus said first bind the strong man and then you're able to begin to take back to begin to set the slaves free and begin to take back what the enemy has stolen tonight is a night about plundering darkness and taking back what the enemy has stolen from the body of christ i don't know about you but i'm not okay with the kingdom of darkness prevailing in my life and tonight we are going to wage war against the kingdom of darkness I have some other teachings and some revelation that God is giving me that pertains to the spirit of Jezebel and witchcraft and we're going to do that here in the near future but I believe tonight is a night of exposing the headquarters of the enemy some of you did not know that the enemy lived in the second heaven or dwell or ruled from the second heaven and you've been praying and you think he lives in hell and the devil's not hell hell is the devil's sentence not his uh, not the place that he lives but tonight i believe we're going to break the power in jesus name let us begin to pray wherever you're at let us begin to pray let us begin to bind let us begin to break the strong man father we pray right now in jesus name that you would begin to bind the strong man father we ask come on whatever the strong man is we ask for the strong man of addiction to be broken we ask for the strong man of confusion to be bound in jesus name we bind the strong man we bind the strong man of lust we bind the strong man of confusion we bind the strong man of delusion we bind every strategy of the strong man and right now we loose you and we plunder the goods come on right now somebody needs to take back their peace somebody needs to take back their breakthrough somebody needs to take back their mind the enemy has come to still kill and destroy and God says tonight is a night of taking back from what the enemy has tried to steal from you Father, we pray right now, right now, a taking back in Jesus' name. Right now, a binding of the strong man. Right now, I deputize you in Jesus' name. Right now, I enlist you into the army of God in Jesus' name. And I say you have power over the kingdom of darkness. I say you have authority over the kingdom of darkness. We bind every demonic power and every demonic strategy. And Father, we pray right now that you would release wisdom and revelation and insight upon this Lord uh, that we would begin to fight like Ephesians 6 the kingdom of darkness in its fullest form God that we are not ignorant your word says do not be ignorant of Satan's devices or Satan will have an advantage over you and father we say that the devil will not have an advantage over the church uh, that your word says that you will build a church and the gates of hell will not prevail so right now we bind every demonic stronghold and power that's been trying to hold you back that has tried to rob and steal and kill I bind the strong man over your business. I bind the strong man over your marriage. I bind the strong man over your mind. I bind the strong man over your body right now, over every area. Father, we bind the strong man. And Father, I ask you tonight that you would release an anointing 
and a mantle for spiritual warfare. God, I pray, Lord, that we would pray and our prayers would break through the second heaven, that the angels would go forth as we pray, that, Lord, you'd begin to dispatch angels, that you'd begin to release angels over every believer. I, I had the Lord tell me one day, Isaiah, do you know how many angels are bored in heaven because the believers never pray and call upon the angels? Father, I pray that my angels would not be bored in heaven. I pray, God, that my angels would not be bored, but they would be active and they would be moving and they would be breaking demonic power so father right now i pray that you would send angels above my family above my ministry above my kids above my community above my marriage above my city above my state father we are praying that you would dispatch come on pray wherever you're at we pray that you would dispatch warfare angels to be released and to begin to make war in the name of jesus god release power release deliverance release breakthrough release ministering ser servants flames of fire right now we speak it over every nation watching there's nations from all people from all over the world watching tonight and we just speak ministering angels be released in jesus name deliverance angels be released in jesus name father i bless everyone watching i pray that you would train them i pray that you would equip them i pray god that we would assault the kingdom of darkness i pray that we would not be in fear or in unbelief but god we would realize that there is an opposing kingdom and then god you would prepare us for supernatural war in jesus name in jesus name guys i'm telling you now is the time for war i apologize my voice is gone now is the time for war now is the time for battle continue to pray for the sick continue to drive out demons continue to bring deliverance i know i have a hundred thousand messages right now with people saying isaiah deliver me listen i can't deliver everybody you need to rise up you need to get your friends get your family get them to prayer begin to pray begin to believe for revival begin to believe for awakening begin to believe for deliverance the time is now for breakthrough the time is now for war we are fighting an opposing kingdom and it is time to go to battle the word of god gives us rights it gives us authority jesus says i give you the same authority i have i give you now if jesus had authority in the heavens then you have authority in the heavens what you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven what you loose on earth it shall be loosed in heaven guys here's what i want to do i made a zell okay so my zell is on screen isaiah luke saldivar at yahoo.com if you want to give on zell tonight if you want to sew through venmo if you want to become a monthly partner all the links are in the chat they're pinned in the comments they're on the screen you can go to isaiahsaldivar.com partner guys thank you so much for supporting the ministry i'm going to read out the donations i'm going to hang out and chat here for a bit thank you all of you that are sewing that are giving that aren't dining and dashing we really really appreciate it um there should be a button pinned um okay on mobile it should be on desktop too I don't know why it's not pinned on the desktop. It's pinned on my desktop. So I hope you could find it there. Um, if not, you can go to isaiahsaldivar.com slash partner. It's right there, um, right in the chat. Guys, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not lying. I probably spent another six to eight hours. These deliverance teachings, warfare teachings are not quick to prepare for. So guys, so into what God is doing. We're pouring our lives in this. We're not coming with some watered down recycle messages. We're believing for a move of God. If you want to give isaiahsaldivar.com slash partner. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.